With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, fuckos? Welcome to another Archery Unfiltered. Uh, Tonight, I get a little ranty. Uh, I talk to my buddy Rudy Sandoval. Um, I had a bunch of stuff on my mind. And I was just going to do a solo podcast, but Rudy texted me a while, you know, last minute and said, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, hey, why don't we do a, what do you know, why don't I get a second voice on here? So me and Rudy talk about a bunch of stuff. I rage out about some stuff that I see online. It seems to be a pattern. I just want you guys to know I'm a very happy person. I'm not, um, I'm not a rage, I'm not a rage monster. Uh, but hopefully you guys find some entertainment out of this. There's some, you know, there's some good info in here. Uh, before the podcast starts, I just wanted to let you guys know this is brought to you by DB Custom Coatings, my Sarah coating friends out in Napa, um, Darren and Bet. They do awesome work. They're they're doing an Invicta right now that looks really cool. It'll be up on their Instagram soon. You guys will see. It's probably going to be the coolest, one of the coolest bow Sarah coating jobs they've done, um, aside from mine, of course. Uh, this. This is also sponsored by Carbon Craft Stabilizers. Uh, you can find these at Impact Archery in Fresno or at West Coast Archery in Petaluma. Uh, there, are, there is a special new stabilizer in the works, but I haven't seen it yet. With that being said, the X-rated bar is the best stabilizer for your money. Um, well, there you have it, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, this podcast I'm gonna do some more solo podcasts I might interview a, a friend here or there try to get some good indoor shooters on to tell you guys their secrets um, it is time it is indoor season we are kicking off with indoor season so get ready guys um, I'm gonna tell you guys everything I know again none of it means you don't have to practice and work hard alright but I'm gonna tell you as all the things you can do for it to get advantages and that's what this is you know that's what all this crap is about that's what you know setting up your bow you know tuning tricks all this shit it's just to get little advantages marginal gains right so uh i hope you guys enjoy this podcast <clears throat> guest tonight rudy sandoval and myself and uh enjoy fellas and ladies This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Yellow. What's up, Brody? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing good. Cool, dude. Thanks for being a guest on my show again. You got it. I was just going to do a, a solo like rant again because I have a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun just like talking. But then I saw West Coast did a post about you and I was like, oh, you know what? I should call Rudy. I mean, he's not doing anything tonight. Yeah, thanks, man. I was going to do a solo <laughs> one here pretty soon in the next day or two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I got to say, dude, your podcast with uh, Randy Long was really good. 
I uh, I tried to. I lost you, bud. Really? I uh, I was saying your podcast with Randy Long was really good. Hello, Rudy. Can you hear me? Yeah. Sorry, like I completely cut out. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Oh, dude, I was saying your podcast with Randy Long was awesome. Yeah, that was dude. That was a, like that was great actually. Um, actually, after we stopped recording, like we talked for like another hour. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah, lucky. <laughs> well, it, it was like I, I was like, man, I should have just like not turned off the recording because then it <laughs> got like really good. Because then you know, because then Randy just started talking about all the stuff that you know he really doesn't want people to know about. You know, like what? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the real, the real nitty gritty. <laughs> The real juicy deeds, like Mark Rubio's, uh, Mark Rubio's secret tuning stuff, secret tuning sauce. Yeah, yeah. Like after, like after the podcast, Rubio is like, "Okay, now that uh, you're not recording anymore, okay, here it is. Here's the, here's just, this formula that I wrote out." He's like, "You ready to write this down?" Just don't tell Wendell. <laughs> just don't tell Wendell. <laughs> oh man, so I got a couple things on my list here, Rudy, to to ask. Okay. Well, there are things I was going to talk about, and I thought, why not get another point of view across? Um, so I'm an expert in my opinion. So likewise, you know, uh, as whenever I think I got it all figured out, I'm like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have divulged all that. Or you know, it's like the shot process thing that I've been talking about lately. Yeah, I started. You know, it's been getting. Do you have cats in the background? Yeah, that's my cat. <laughs> Stop torturing that cat. <laughs> So I've been talking about the shot process of like the uh, kind of like the long and slow, the passive shot <coughs> that, oh, what I call the passive shot that I think Joel Turner is teaching, uh-huh. right? And it's getting harder and harder. Like it was getting tougher and tougher to implement. And I ended up switching just to like one of my older releases the other night and saying, I'm just going to shoot the way I used to shoot. And it went so much better. And it was just like riding a bicycle again, you know? Yeah. I think there's what, it, what, it, what exactly did it did it feel like? Because I I mean I don't know anything about Joe Turner's stuff, you know. Well, I, I neither do I. I'm just going off of his YouTube videos and stuff. His free shit, and his free shit is like basically you slow your release down, I think, and then you kind of work through. You know, you get you, it's a series of mantras, right? Like you you acquire target, you're like oh yeah, or you say something to yourself, and then when you start to execute you are repeating this mantra that matches a speed that you're executing that mm-hmm. allows you to maintain control of your aim, you know, and then the, the basically is like you start, this is what I think, this is my take on it, is that you start super deep on the thumb peg, super safe, and then when you relax or when you take your thumb off the peg, you change your mantra to like pulling, pulling, pulling or whatever, and then that kind of keeps you engaged while you pull through uh, and get your release to rotate. Whereas like the way I normally shoot, I take my thumb off the peg and I know I, my hand relaxes right to the point of firing. And I know if I just give it a pull, it's going to fire. Does that make sense? It's like deliberately, it's, it's like doing a Braden Galantine shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, in in the past when I've done that kind of shot, like, um, I usually have my release a little bit colder. Uh huh. Exactly. Cause, it's cause colder because then, then I didn't I didn't want to get hung up. Uh huh. But then but then like, what happens is like, 
I, I also find myself not like, you know, finishing the shot or like, you know, really pulling hard through it. Uh-huh. And so like, I can, like, I can shoot a couple 300s that way, but then like, it, it's not it's it, it's not a like a long term thing like that it, is it exactly work. what happened to me. I shot a couple three hundreds, like pretty decent X count, and then I was like, "Holy shit, this is the bomb!" And then uh, it started getting harder and harder to to you know keep doing this. Yeah. So then one day I was like, "I'm just gonna go back to old DZ," and old DZ shot showed up and shot just fine. Yeah, you know. I mean, I listened to, like, what you were talking about with Joel Turner and, like, uh-huh. like I was trying to, like, I felt like we were playing, like, a game of, like, telephone or something because, like, I was, like, trying to interpret what you were trying to interpret someone else and interpreting, like, the cliff notes of what they're trying to sell you. Yeah. True. I mean, you, you know, and it, it's kind of, you know, so, like, I, I mean, any any smart businessman is not going to divulge, like, their entire exactly. he's not like, gonna, system. He's not going to give you the yeah. steak, you know. It's, it's just going to be, like, hors d'oeuvres and shit. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be like enough information where, like, I, I mean, I mean, like, like I said, I know nothing about Joel Turner stuff, right? So, to be like, fair, I don't know. either. <laughs> but, but, and I'll be honest, like, most information that you get, like, there's gonna be a placebo effect, for, effect, very, like, it's a very short term effect, like, uh-huh. like, like, you can tell somebody something, and as long as they respect you and they think that you're like you know, they hold you in high regard, like you could tell somebody something and they'll get better from it. Right. Short term. But right. if it's just bullshit, but if it's just, you know, bullshit or it's incomplete, then it's not going to work, you know? So like, like you've been talking about like coaching and stuff uh-huh. um, a lot. Right. And so like, it, and so like, what I, like kind of was going to talk about a little bit on the solo was like, kind of like what, what people can expect, like, when you get a coaching session for me and and what I wanted to emphasize to people is like you take like one or two lessons from me. It's like, you're only getting like information to like, you're only getting, you're not getting the whole picture yet. You're only getting like bits and pieces because you can't, you can't accomplish everything in one hour, you know? Right. So, you know, I've had people that like, have taken lessons and they're like oh yeah that was super helpful and like they got they got what they needed but then and then they went home and then they shot really good but then like they waited too long but but then they didn't get like the rest of it like they only got like one piece of the puzzle right and then the magic the magic wears off so or the first half of the puzzle is all they have yeah and it's like no we we need to continue there's still more to it like this is just because a lot of times like and 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 i think I think you kind of like pointed out that I'm very much about like bone structure alignment and, and, you know, posture and things like that. Right. Yeah. Well, like, like those are like very simple things that I try to address Uh when, you know, when in the beginning when I'm helping somebody. And so like, cause if like the way that I teach a dynamic shot is probably a different definition than what a lot of other people interpret a dynamic shot to be. Right. You know? And so so in order to do so, yeah, I do believe yeah, those. In order terms. to do so, I gotta, I gotta address draw length. I gotta address poundage. Yeah, and I, I gotta address like, okay, can you draw the bow biomechanically, you know, comfortably, biomechanically to do correct? Well, to do what I'm about to teach you, because like, a lot of times people develop these habits 
to compensate for bad habits. Right. Or incorrect setups. You know? Incorrect setups also cause people exactly. to do weird shit. Yeah. And so like, for example, like sometimes like, Hey, drop, take, take five pounds off your bow and then learn how to shoot again. Right. Well, Hey dude, and, I, yeah. and I think all of that is very valid. I believe that the Joel Turner shit though is for like intermediate to advanced. I feel like it's for a higher caliber of shooter. But I think, I think it applies to everybody because like, I it, think it does for sure. It does. But cause I, I kind of think, cause I kind of think like what I was going to get out with like the Joel Turner thing is like, like whatever information, I guess the, the point I was going to make was the information that he's giving to you on, on YouTube or on the podcast is meant to entice you and bring you in. Uh-huh. And if you apply what the little tidbits that he told you, like you, you'll see an improvement. And if you see an improvement, then you'll commit to the entire program. True. Like, and that's what, and that's what I'm getting at is that like, for example, if someone comes to me, like I'm going to give them information that I know is going to immediately help them get better. But then if they commit to the program, it, it's going to get even better in the long term. Right. So it, it's very, yeah. it's very much like um, when you go to Hawaii and someone has a parrot on their shoulder and they're like, hey, take a picture with my parrot. And you do. And then they're like, that'll be five dollars, please. You know, or <laughs> I guess that's a bad, I, <laughs> that's a bad I, analogy. I, 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 I can't say that I haven't. That oh, happens, but no. I it's mean. like it's like when you buy crack, right? And the first time, it's really good. And then you go back <laughs> and you're like, well, this crack is not as good as the first crack you sold me. But you can't complain because you're buying crack, right? <laughs> like, It's kind of like I, that. I, I can't say that I bought crack, but... Uh, Hasn't everybody? I thought it was like a regular thing. We live in California. Yeah, you know, I spent half my life in Arizona where people are decent. <laughs> well, okay. So there's that. I've been working on that a little bit. That's kind of been the thing. And now I kind of feel like I've been preaching that a lot for like the past three weeks now, the Joel Turner thing, maybe even four weeks. And I forced some good friends of mine to shoot that way. And at first they were having like really good success, but then they realized that that style can like really grind you into the ground. It's like a really in like a physically exhausting way to shoot. And I was starting to feel that on like week three. So now I'm kind of like giving it up and trying to keep the mantra part. You know? Yeah. I don't, I, I still don't even really understand entirely like what exactly like you were trying to like explain. Really? Um, I thought well, I explained I mean, it really well. I thought that was a good, like it was pretty much a cliff notes of a, a shooting program. Well, I think, I think what you're describing as passive is actually dynamic. Maybe meaning, meaning, meaning like the, the, cause the way that, I mean, like, I, I don't know much about Joel Turner, but I have talked to Sean Vincent who knows a lot of that, his process, you know? Uh-huh. And, and it sounds like the, the mental part that he's talking about may seem like it's passive, but it's like, the physical part what's happening to your body and how you're actually engaging like is dynamic like and 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 like because i can imagine like i've seen some like photos of uh bodhi shooting uh-huh. and he's very much has like textbook form uh-huh. you know so so i would say that like probably like it, it's kind of like it's kind of like do you know the difference between angular and linear 
Oh, oh, are you asking you know? me? Are you, uh, are you quizzing me? Or? Yeah, no, no, no. Just like in general, like uh-huh. with with like when you have the arrow in alignment to the target, mm-hmm. you know, the energy that's being put onto the release, you know, the direction of the bow pointed at the target and the forces on the bow need to be linear. Uh-huh. But the motion in your body has to be angular. Oh, I see. And dynamic, right? Right. But 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 the but the pro the mental game that he's putting or that you're talking about is is a um, it all that does is control your thinking. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you're you physically doing like this like push pull in a linear motion because if you try to push and pull in a linear motion, you you are no longer you're no you're no longer holding in a linear plane even though you think you are uh-huh you know it's kind of like like a piston in the in the engine right like right the piston the piston moves up and down but but the crank is angular right uh-huh and so and so if you're trying to like physically use the the motion in your body and trying to move in a linear motion you're going to cause torque in in the system right that makes sense and torque's one yeah. of the things that we battle all the time Right. And that's where you can get tired and that's where like your shoulder and all that stuff starts to break down. So yeah. like when, when you were describing Joel Turner on your podcast to me, I'm going like, no, I mean, I, I, I thought the opposite of what you said in the sense that like, I, I think the program is really more of um, or based on what you said, it didn't sound like it had anything to do with like what was happening physically like none of that came out no i don't think it was sounded like i think it was it was very much a mental thing and he was like if you approach it from this aspect you can avoid a bunch of hang-ups you know yeah i think that's what he's going for and i liked it but in doing so for me like like my mantra has always been like you know to keep it moving like keep keep that keep that engagement you know (laughs) keep that alignment and so it's like and so anything that can distract me from anything that I can be saying to myself, like that's the, not, like that's the, not me directly thinking about the amount of movement in my sight and, and, and just stay focused on the target and just staying on that target uh-huh. is like a win. Like, and it can be a various, it can be like a ton of different things. You're not just repeating the meow mix theme song in your head. Dude. Like I have, I have like, I have like re- like some stupid shit in my head that like some people might, you know, I- I've said things in my head before that like is ridiculous. That would get you canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I've said horrible things in my head. <laughs> okay, dude. No, I mean, like, no, I'm joking. Like, just like, you know, oh, I wasn't. like you-, you turn on the radio and you hear some stupid catchy song and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, that- that's a little bit catchy. Like I can use that rhythm. Dude, I, keep me moving. I legit started counting in my head while executing, and that's what I'm trying to get away from because I have a mantra. But when I when I stray from the mantra, I find that I find myself counting. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, it, it's whatever. I think it's whatever it takes to, to like get you to you know you got to focus on you got to focus on target. Whatever you can do to distract your mind. Right. And, and le- like, like there's things that the subconscious has to control and you have to let them control it. Uh-huh. But what happens is your, your active brain wants to control the subconscious. Like it, it wants to, it wants to be controlling things that it shouldn't be in control of. Uh-huh. And what it needs to be in control of it's neglecting because 
it, it thinks the grass is greener on the other side. And so what you have to do is like keep that, that focus and that mantra keeps you, keeps your, your conscious brain doing, concentrating on what it needs to be concentrating on and letting your subconscious aim and do the rest. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it, I do believe that's the gist of what he's trying to get across. And I think, I think Probably. there's some, I think there's something to it, but I, like as of right now, I'm going to stop pushing it on people. I do think it's definitely worth taking a look at, and I think anyone could gain from it. But I think, but I, I've been where you've been, dude. I've been like right there where like you learn something new and you're like super excited about it. Uh huh. And then and then like you 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 get you gather information from it, and then you're like super excited to try to like teach other people it. Or, or try to, you know, give that information to other people before, like, fully understanding it. And it's always led to disaster in my, in, like, my case. Until, like, I took, I took like, real time uh-huh. to, like, interpret, like, what it was that, like, I was actually hearing and, let, like, meditate on it and, like, really, like, like understand it. Right. Well, I, I thought... Mean, there's stuff that, I, I there's thought stuff I was that a... I've learned, like... Huh? I just thought I was getting it. I thought I was, like... I mean, for sure it wasn't all of it, but I thought it was like. I I think I think you you are getting it. I think it was the, the little section that just, applied to me and like what I was hanging up on. Yeah, but it's what's important to you, right? But it may not. Yeah, it, it might may not, not be apply what to the everyone. Other person needs. True. Yeah, and so like, like one of the hardest things, because like, you know, I've made like every mistake that I possibly could ever make as as a coach or a teacher. Uh-huh. you know and it's like but that's how you learn and that's how you get better at anything right it's like you got to shoot a bunch of nines before you shoot a bunch of axes yeah you, you know and and it's the same thing when you're teaching other people and you're coaching it's like you make a bunch of mistakes you know and then you get better from them like nobody starts off good like kind of like working in a shop and being a bow tie like yeah have i fucked up bows before hell yeah like i mean i've you know i've it's like it happens you know but right but you you make mistakes and then you, you the key is not to make the same mistakes over and over again. It's, a, it's like a growing pain exactly and so like what all i'm getting at is that information that you've been getting and it's been applying to you like if you give it more time and like you know think about it or even if you took the course and like like i think months from now or weeks from now like one day like you'll just have like an epiphany like you'll click in your mind like oh that i think that's what right they were actually saying and you know what what's then, funny is that happened to me from the dave cousins when i took that when we took the dave cousins seminar i was like this does not apply to me and then seven or eight months later i had realized oh i'm doing everything dave cousins was talking about i that i should be doing and i just can't. i think i think uh i think that Dave Cousins seminar was probably like one of the most, I mean, it was the funny thing about the Dave Cousins seminar is he like actually started the seminar off by saying like, you're probably going to hear everything. He's like, you're probably going to hear me tell you stuff that you've probably already heard a thousand times. Uh-huh. Right. But then you hear it, but you can, you can, you hear it from his perspective and maybe his way of describing it. Is was what filled in those other pieces of the you know the puzzle, right? You know, dude, I that mean, was all the- that was the best seminar that I've ever done, like archery wise. I think it's the only seminar yeah. I've ever done, but I still yeah. set up bows according to how Dave Cousins taught us. 
his his way of setting up a bow is like the, the fucking is is like it's it's the simplicity of how he sets up a bow. Yes, and um, and the funny thing is is that like that's how most people set up a bow, anyways. I disagree. It's just it's just they they don't they don't. Well, I should say like if you were to pick up a textbook, like it would be like that. That should be kind of like how you do it. I, but, but people try to overcomplicate it, and they start buying gadgets, and they think they need all this extra stuff. All this crap hanging off of their strings. Yeah. Well, like, and like, okay, and like the, look at the John. The best. Even John Dudley says, do two knock points, right? Cousins was religious about a single knock point under. You know, he also had his own D loop knot, which was like the half clove hitch, yeah. cattle hitch, whatever, you know? Uh, well, I think, I think, uh, um, I, I was thinking about like, uh, did you ever see that Rick and Morty where like he had that uh, that little alien creature that said had that little sign on his head that said uh, "Don't develop an app." Yeah, <laughs> right. And then and Jerry's like, "Well, like he really wants to develop an app. Like why? Like why would he just let him walk around with the post-it note saying not to develop an app?" He's like, "He's done that because he's too lazy to explain something horrible that's about to happen." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's kind of and it's kind of like I feel like sometimes like when when like like you're given information about things like that. Like this is how you tie a knock point underneath. Like, I think that's somebody just saying like telling you to do it this way because they're trying to prevent something horrible from happening. Right. You know, like, the meaning, reason, meaning, you know, the answer meaning, though, you know, the answer yeah, behind that. Exactly. Cause they don't want you to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. I, for, I've long forgotten it, but I know you remember why. Cause you took the, yeah. the Hoyt tuning uh, seminar also. Yeah, I mean, I learned it. I learned it when I went to the Hoyt University, you know. And it's like where you tie that knock, whether it's on the top or the bottom or wherever you put it, will will change the angle of the D loop and right. how you actually put pressure on the string in relationship to the arrow. Uh-huh. And so you can actually induce a crazy a, tear. And when I say, well, what I what I say induce meaning like you and it's kind of like when you say weak arrow reaction or stiff arrow reaction. It doesn't actually mean that an arrow is weak or an arrow is stiff. It's the reaction, right? You make so it react time, like it. Exactly. So, like, if you're battling, you know, a, like most bows that want to, you know, induce a high tear by tying the 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 the, um, the knocking point underneath it, it 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 induces it it, it helps correct a high tear. Right, which is what most modern day bows, the way that they're shooting, want to naturally move, and so you can correct that either by moving your knock point, or you can, you know, tie that little knock underneath it. Uh-huh. But if the opposite was happening, where you had a bow that just no matter what it did, it wanted to do some low tear, you could tie the knock on the opposite side. Right, like a it. like an old solo yeah. cam setup. Hey, right. uh, and then Rudy, yeah, this but, is highly unprofessional on my behalf. But my batteries, anyways, my yeah, ba- that, see, that's the rabbit hole I think we were trying to, avoid, what, right? But I want to go down that rabbit hole. My batteries are about to die. Let me switch batteries out and call you right back, okay? Yo, yeah, Rudy, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. You just cut out for a second. I said, My battery, yeah, I can hear you now. My batteries are about to die. Let me uh, switch batteries and call you right back, okay? Okay, I'll edit this part. Don't worry. All right, uh, give me f- five minutes. 
No worries. All right, here we go. Uh, okay. Some so... real, amateur, real amateur stuff there, one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's amateur hour on my show all the time, dude. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the knock point. Have we, have we gotten into this? We've gotten into this before, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, but see, that's the that's the rabbit hole that you don't really want to go down, right? Right. So that's like, it's not necessary. It, it, it's not necessary. Let, let me put it this way: ninety nine percent of like all modern bows will uh-huh. shoot great with knock point tied underneath it, and the only reason to do like a mini or to do a knock if you were to tie like a knock of equal size above it, where you have two, all it does is widen the how the uh the d loop to the point to where it changes like how the bow holds really weird so like if you're shooting a caliber release you know with like a really big jaw uh-huh like that that would be like a good candidate to have that two knock points because it's like you got this big gigantic jaw right? right you know but honestly like like on some hunting setups like i'll put like a little teeny tiny bit of serving little tiny tiny knot that really has no effect on the arrow itself just to prevent the knock from pinching. Hmm. And that's it. That's it. Right. I like, can see so that to prevent knock pinch. I understand it like hardly, hardly enough to even call it a knot, uh-huh. but just enough, just enough to give it a little bit of the knock, a little room to breathe. So it doesn't pinch on the duty. Right. Right. Well, that makes sense. But, but honestly, like I, I hate the way the bow feels when I've done that in the past. Really? Like for me personally, like it changes the whole, like it, for yeah, me, anyways, I like, believe it. I like, believe it changes the hold. Yeah. On my hunting bow, I haven't really noticed like much. What do you think about this new craze of everyone jamming shit in their strings? Do you think that will change holds at all? I don't think it. It's not really a new craze. People have done that for years. It's just now they've packaged it and they sold it to everybody. <laughs> That's beautiful, Rudy. I could not have said that better myself. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just like you know, like Black Eagle came up with the. The it's not a string turner, but it's those little devices that you put in the yeah it changes the, string. the timing, the timing like you know, I mean sure you know like I, I guess I mean <laughs> like I think I think there's like two people that could actually feel that type of hand sensitivity and like you know the, the one the 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 guy it's like Emerson and like Jesse Broadwater. Yeah, like, and that's it. Like those are like the only two people I know that could possibly even like be like, oh yeah, I can I can feel that. I love that we still mention Emerson, but we're gonna have to start phasing him out of uh, no. of this of this conversation because one <laughs> people don't aren't people that are shooting right now don't know who Emerson is, and two, uh, they might he's if like he's if, he's if, like Rapunzel. Like, if he doesn't pick feel... up his bow again, no one's ever gonna know who he is. So yeah. I'm gonna to try to start using references that people can get yeah. wrap there. I don't know. I the, the, I just like to call him, like think of him as like Rapunzel, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, you can feel the tiny, you can feel a grain of sand between like ten mattresses. You know, like I he's don't so believe that, I don't believe that was Rapunzel. I believe that was the was princess it? and the pea. Was it okay? See, I, I'm not a Disney guy, so like anyway. I don't believe this is Disney. I I'm I'm fairly certain this is like. Uh, you know, childhood tales, or I can't remember. Yeah, Folk- like, folklore. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I've never seen Beauty and the Beast. So like, yeah. <laughs> okay, 
So I wanted to like slowly usher this conversation towards indoor stuff. Okay. And I have a handful of topics that I want to pick your brain about. First was uh, a friend of mine. He uh, messaged me. Um, I had I had hyped up Black Eagle Magnums a while ago because those were the arrows that I shot my 899 in Vegas with, right? Yeah. Uh, I actually shot the Black Eagle Magnums really well, too, once. They're re- the really good, no-bullshit arrows. And I don't know if it's because they're, th- they're like a 350 spine, right? Yeah, I I, I mean, I think of mine were like 28 inches and I had like a 250 grain point in there. And like, yeah, just like freaking. Yeah, they, they bomb. They're awesome. So uh, a listener built some Black Eagle Magnums to the spec that I think I had them or similar, like relative for himself. Right. And uh, he told me that he couldn't get vein clearance, right, to run um, stealth pros. Because that's what I ran on him at the time, the AAE Stealth Pro. And uh, he's getting like vein contact on the blade or something. I think he was getting on the riser, or he was scared that he was going to get contact on his riser or contact on a cable. So huh. he opted for a really small vein. He went for the AAE twenty three, the ones that you run on your your carbon ones. My X tens too, yeah. Yeah, and your X tens, and he went six fletch. And I told him that sounds fucking dumb. <laughs> but I don't understand. Like, and I had to check myself. As a person who sells veins, you know, professionally and for a living, I, I think that's a great idea. Do you? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it seems like a bad idea to me. Because I would think even with a, a high-profile Q2Y vein, if you index it, the, your you know your twelve o'clock vein. If you index it to one, you should be able to get really close to your riser. Am I wrong? I don't know what kind of bow is it. I believe he's shooting a Matthews bow, but I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I I set up a lot of bows and like even indoor ones. Like I don't think there's been any I've ever seen any veins hit the the uh, the riser. You know, if if you if you actually set up your arrow, your center shot correctly, like there should be plenty of clearance for like any size arrow. Right. And I think for an indoor, uh, an indoor bow, I don't think you have yeah. to. And if you're tuning with just the rest, then yeah, you might run into trouble, but like, yes, if you're yes. shooting a Matthews, you need to like be you... top hatting and getting that. Yes. Get, fixing that. You need, to sh- you need to be getting your bullet hole through top hat. Yes. And, and correct. you shouldn't even touch the rest. And you need to correct any torque that you might be, imparting into the bow as well so yeah. i told him hey if you're afraid of contact you should just run feathers now would you agree or disagree i mean it's just the, you'll see that if, if he really is getting contact they'll just wear on the feather and over time you're just going to see the feathers start to deteriorate too right but you can't you wouldn't you be able to get away with more contact like you could it's just a band-aid though okay it's a band-aid yeah you see so you're saying Ideally, he'd bump his rest out so that he's not getting contact, and then yeah, rest. yeah, because I mean, a slight amount of contact with a feather, like on our blade and stuff, is like not a big deal, right? But so like, he, if it's hitting something like a cable right. over and over again, it's gonna eventually fuck some shit destroy up, destroy the yeah, yeah. So he should bump his rest out to a decent, you know, 
three quarters or whatever Matthew says, and then uh, run a proper vein, correct? Yeah, and they and they I think like like don't don't like I said don't overcomplicate it. Like stick an arrow in the string, like put it on your ass, like just even look down the bow, like look straight down at it, like holding the cam like in the middle, uh-huh. look at where the arrow is pointing, like it's like way off to one side like just kind of eyeball it and get it in the middle yeah like just try to get it even, even even eyeballing it and get it close to the middle mm-hmm. or, I, I have a feeling that this gentleman tried to paper tune this with his arrow rest and that in in turn he ended up bringing his rest way in and uh i'm not a gambling man but i'd take that bet yeah that's what it sounds like so buddy if you're out there listening that's what I think you should do. I'm sorry for being rude, but six tiny veins is fucking dumb. <laughs> um, if you're buying hundred packs, it's a great, great thing to do. Yes, Q2I sells them in fifty and hundred packs, also, and I'm a big fan of Q2I and and, and AAE too. They sell them by the hundred pack. Dude, I've tested AAE veins, and they are not working as good as others. Is it me? Is it just me? Is it placebo effect? They they've worked good for me on certain setups, and then not so good on others. Dude, I talked to Alex Mueller Mueller today, and he's gonna send me some four eighteen FFPs. So I'm gonna test Flex Fletch against uh, Q2Is. Can't go wrong with the Flex Fletch vein either for indoor. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so uh, let's see. We talked about veins. Uh, we talked about. Oh, um, do you have any shitting your pants stories, Rudy? Any what? Uh, stories about shitting your pants. Uh, I I had like a really funny story about um one time at the uh, Pacifica Archery uh, Indoor League. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if you remember. I was pretty heavy set back then, but. I was wearing like a new pair of pants that were really tight and I ran to the bathroom there. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to let a fart out just to ease the pressure so I can shoot this league night good. And I like just ever so slightly shit my pants. <laughs> and I shot all night like that. <laughs> and I was really, really chummy with everyone because of it. Because <laughs> I was like, no one knows. Do you have any stories like that? Where I've done it? Yeah. Have you shot your pants in an archery setting? Um, Not like in an archery event. <laughs> All right. Well, but, but you, you got to realize, though, that like I did, I did have major, I did, you know, have major spine surgery where I lost the feeling of everything from the waist down. And there was like six months of rehabilitation that I went through where I went from like, you know, being in a wheelchair to walking with on crutches to walking with on a, you know, where I couldn't control things. God damn, Rudy. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that like maybe during. Like, I mean, that was like, you know, Uh, dude, I'll come clean. I just made that story up to get you to tell a story where you shit your pants and then I was gonna be like, "Well, I made mine up, so." Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> mine was mine was medical, like. You know. God damn it! Now I feel like an asshole. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me see if I can uh, back back out of this uh, parking spot here. Um, you, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't get the best of me. You never will. You tried so hard, and you've always failed. Have you watched the latest Greg? I don't know if it's the latest, but Greg Poole posted a video about shooting and vein contact for indoor arrows. No, I, I mean I saw the post and I probably just clicked like, but I didn't get deep into it. Like I honestly don't. Well, I listen. I, good... I don't listen to any. I don't listen to anything to be honest with you. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, uh, a good friend of ours uh, who just feels like pissing me off from time to time sent me this video because he knew it would piss me off. But it's basically Greg Poole and he's shooting and he's like, uh, you know, everyone. He said people that put foot spray on their bow makes their bow and their face look like crack addict stuff. Like, he, he, and <laughs> I'm like, does. and I look at my bow and it's covered in foot spray and I'm like, motherfucker. And uh, so he goes about saying that that's pointless. Powder testing your bow is pointless. And then he proceeds to knock an arrow upside down and shoot it. And I believe he shoots an X. And he walks down and he's like, uh, some people are going to be upset about this, but, <laughs> you know, look at that. What do you guys I, I didn't watch the video, but I read the comments. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, were there, what were the comments? Were they good? Uh, Tim Gillingham, of course, is like probably the, the first one to step up and like initiate debate. So, what do you say? Um, just like, I mean, like, Tim, Tim has like a, Tim was like a founder. And one of the original like brainchilds behind the Hamsky, the drop away, um, drop well, drop away rest. I mean, like the, the name Hamsky is like an abbreviation of like the three guys that started the company. Oh. So the ham part was the Gillingham. Oh, you know? and then and then so like if you actually look at the name and break it down into the three letters, I, I don't know who the other two guys are, and I feel like total shit because like <laughs> I'm like, well, the only well the only one that really matters is Tim. I'm joking. <laughs> 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 but but yeah so of course of course like he he created a he helped create a product that is all about having zero vein contact and so anytime anyone like probably comes up with any kind of any theory or any, any right counter that i imagine that he's going to not he's going to want to retort so right well okay so i had a couple issues with this video one is when Greg Poole walks down and he points at his target, you can clearly see misses in his target where he has straight up fucking missed the 10, right? So he's bragging about shooting one fucking arrow in the X upside down when he has clear misses there, all right? So that's my first issue. The sec My second issue is two years ago was three years ago was maybe the last time he shot in Vegas which he shot a 298 on day one and then a 299 on day two. The dude has not shot a 300 in Vegas in years. So I'm like, why is this guy giving fucking advice? Well, I don't think I don't think he's ever like professed that he is a 300 shooter or like at the championship level. But like, uh, all right. I mean, if if you honestly you take someone like Greg, and you and you take someone like you and myself, like we're no we're no different in like our level of experience. Like we've all been in the industry. Like I've been in the industry long enough. He's been in the industry long enough. Like he's not an idiot. Well, I do believe like, he's he, more, he, he does. He just has his own opinions about things. Right. And so like, right. But like, that, that opinion, that opinion is, is bullshit. 
Because if he truly feels that way, he should shoot all 30 arrows knocked upside down and tell me how good that works out for him. Don't you think? I think, I think, I think, uh, I think like with anything, like it's like we're, you know, like navigating the extremes of the world. Like, like, do I believe that having, you know, higher front of center on, on a hunting arrow is good? I'm like, yeah, that's good. But like, then you take it to an extreme and you got some idiot trying to build a 700 grain arrow to shoot at whitetail. He's right. a fucking moron. Correct. Right? So I think, I think maybe like, I didn't watch the video, but I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that he's probably just trying to say like, look, like if you have a little bit of in contact, it's not the end of the world. Like, right. You can still, still, you can yeah. still head next, but I, maybe, maybe the extreme and the analogy, it was, you know, lost in trend. Like maybe people took it too literal and maybe he was joking. Like, I don't know. No, no, he wasn't joking. Sorry. I mean, his jokes, Sorry. you can tell when he's trying to make a joke. He's generally talking like jive slang or stupid shit like that. But anyway, the main point of this was I wanted to tell people that actually listen to this podcast that I think the goal is, with limiting vein contact and stuff, is I, I think when your bow is tuned for indoor arrows, or any arrows for that matter, when you break a shot, you know where that arrow is going to land, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Like, yeah, you can predict uh, where your arrow is going to be. I, I had I had vein contact with my X10 the entire season. Right, right. Well, no, uh, don't get me wrong. I yeah, like, I I have also for field archery. I have you know I run a little bit of vein contact. Also, it's hard to get away from, but. I try oh. to get it, I try to eliminate it if I, if I can, but I don't obsess over it. Dude, a little vein contact is not shooting an arrow upside down. And I believe shooting an arrow upside down, you are less likely to predict or call where that arrow is going to land. Like, well, you might be I'll, able to do it once or twice, I, but the so one time one time Heather Gore, right? Like she, like Heather Heather was a firm believer of powder testing and you know, so was like Dave Cousins, you know, and yeah, at, at I, the time when they were out, at the time when they were outlaw partners, do you I mean, remember. Do you mean Heather Smith? Heather Gore. Heather, yeah, Heather Gore Smith. Sorry. Uh huh. Go on. But like, I remember looking at her arrow, and like, it was almost pointed upside down. And she, and what she had done is she had like kept shooting. She, you know, she, had, you know, powder tested, and she kept rotating her knock until she didn't get any contact, and the arrow was almost pointing straight down. Right. And I, like, that, I have. That's how the arrow was sending the bow. I have done that as well. Or sorry, that's how the bow was sending the arrow. Yeah, I've done that with my super drives, my super drive twenty sevens. I've had a, a vein pointed at like five thirty, and for some reason or another, it avoids like coming out of the bow. It avoids the blade, which is why yeah, I think, bizarre. which is why I think our friend, our six vein friend, could definitely get away with bigger veins and just indexing them. But you'd have to powder yeah, test them. Index, yeah. You know, and I think that's I think there's like legitimate reasons to powder test your setup, but Greg Poole just fucking poo pooed all Absolutely. over it. And uh, I don't know. I someone said that you let stuff bother you too much. Well, I think people send me this shit knowing it's gonna rile me up, and then I go, oh well, I'm not gonna get riled up because you know I smoke weed, yeah. and then I, I realize I don't, I don't smoke weed anymore, and then I get all fucking bent out of shape. Why well, don't do that to you? No, not not you. You're adorable, yeah. Rudy. You don't do that. Yeah, I told Darren yesterday we were talking about you see behind your back. And really? I said I purpose I yeah. I oh. told him I purposely don't 
send stuff to Wendell knowing that he's probably going to react and do something to, you know, his own detriment. So, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> so I, I sometimes withhold information just to keep people going. Well, dude, here's another thing. Shit. So Greg Poole, I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to shit on Greg Poole too much because he's way bigger than I am, but uh, he's talking about shooting an arrow upside down and it not making any difference. You know, when back when he shot a Hoyt, he would completely disassemble his Hoyt and then rebuild it with calipers and shim everything so that the thing was like 90 degrees square. Like the limbs and everything were like perfectly, you know. Yeah. But now he's shooting a PSC, so that you know, all that stuff don't matter anymore. <laughs> well, PSCs are cool. Yeah, as long as... Hey, what do you think of that? As, uh, what do you think of that new Supra? As long as uh, as long as Scott Bomar is still alive, and, you know, <laughs> they'll be okay. <laughs> people, those buzz will be just fine. What do you think of that new Supra, that RK, RXT or RTX? I haven't. We haven't. I haven't got one or played around with one yet. Mm. What do you think of the laser, the PSE laser? That was a good bow. Um, that, I, we we had gotten some and sold sold them. That reminds me. Them all already, but. That reminds me a lot of the uh, Money Maker. I mean, what's cool about that bow is like they actually made a seven hundred and fifty dollar bow that shot really that shot really well. And like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want I don't want to say nothing bad about PSC. They make good bows, but it's like sometimes they build a bow in a price range that I'm like, what? Like, is this as good as your your flagship model? Like, you know, it shouldn't be, right? But it is. Right, right, right. Their their lower end stuff is not... aside from aside from like some obvious things like it doesn't have an aluminum limb pocket, it's a composite one. Mm-hmm. You know. And and so like they did go they did they did uh you know, to make it that price point. They right. made it certain certain components on it with, you know, the cheaper materials that they normally wouldn't, you know, put on a their higher end stuff right well all right psc aside i just wanted to get this thing out that you know i think greg Poole is very much an idiot savant you know minus the savant part <laughs> so uh, i think everyone out there uh, powder testing your bow is not a bad idea it's a good thing to do limiting vein contact is a good thing to do would you agree yeah i think i think uh, i agree with both there's a there's a like there's a dozen top shooters in the world that do it and a dozen that don't. Right, right. I do believe there are there are shooters that you gotta don't find do it. what works for you. I think most guys that don't do it are shooting a drop away though. Hmm? Um, yeah, probably most. I, I mean, I don't know. All right. Well, uh, more on indoor, Rudy. The uh, Coyote Six Hundred is coming up in about two weeks three weeks now i've been i've been calling it the coyote ugly yeah i don't know why that's not funny it, i don't know but uh have you been practicing a decent amount i have been yeah i think it's going to be a, a cool turnout do you know of any other people that are going i think the only person i know is elliot yeah elliot and, uh, elliot shot his first 300 like a week ago and then and then the paloma crowd the paloma guys like you know eric and blair and yeah you know alex Mew- all of it. Mueller might come up and mix it up. Do you know if Rand- been, uh, Do you know if Randall's going to shoot it? I have no idea. I really hope he doesn't cuz it's like going to make my day easier. 
if he doesn't show up. <laughs> um, I actually, you know what? I mentioned it to him, and I he didn't seem like he was all that interested in Awesome. It. Awesome. But, I mean, Woo! I don't know. I really don't. I just don't want to. I, I just miss shooting my bow around other people, so. Yeah, I know. Like, I, be able to go and do it. I can take or leave the people. I, I like shooting the bow, though. So, for the 600, Rudy, what arrow are you going to take with you? Have you p- decided? I'm probably just going to shoot my 23s right now. Now, you have been, like, really loyal to the Superdrive 23. Well, because that's the only arrow that I really have set up right now that's, like, like in good shape. Like, all my 23-14s are, like, I found, like, dings and dents in them from, like, shooting shit inside a crappy bill. <laughs> and I'm like, so, like. It was actually the only arrow that I had built that I wanted to shoot. So. <laughs> Dude, you, um, for the listener, Rudy gave me this really beautiful target, like a big target butt thing to put in my backyard it, so I can. It was the Delta McKenzie MoFoam brick wall. Yes. It, it's a commercial target it's that a, goes into an archery shop. It's very nice. There are vent holes in the top, though, right? And I accidentally dropped a screw down into one of those vent holes and just recently found it with a super drive. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, do you, can you tell everyone what your recipe is for your super drive 23? Um, so the super drive that I'm shooting right now is a super drive three, three seventy five. Right. That is a stiff 23. Um, which and I'm is shooting 100, 140 grain point. Okay. With with a um, um, AAE Max hybrid uh, uh, Max self mains. Is that a um, Smith Brothers point one forty? Yeah, those are Smith Brothers one forties. Yeah. Because I think Easton themselves only sells like one twenty or one hundredths. You you can get competition archery products in that. I think up to like two hundred. Okay. But you uh, you run a one forty, and I, I'm pretty sure you cut that arrow down, right? Yeah, I mean, I built that arrow for the wilderness, uh, you know, shoot. The that, 3D the, Expo. That 3D, yeah, where we had to shoot, you know, like a OPA-style shoot. Uh-huh. So, like, so I, I shot an arrow that I felt like kind of built that like I would for as an almost like an out. I actually built that as an outdoor arrow, really. Uh-huh. And not an indoor arrow. Right. Um, but I think, I mean, see – Superdrive 27s are on back order until February, so it's like I'm not going to see those um, anytime soon. No, I, uh, I'll give um, you some if you want to f- mess around with mine. So I got some 27 12s that I'm probably going to build and play around with those. Okay. okay, 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 okay. Uh, I'll we'll back up. Uh, okay, so two things. You have your Superdrive 23s. Just so everyone knows, I shot these. These Those arrows are two years old, correct? Uh, Three years. Three years old. I shot those when I had... I believe my Invicta, and I shot a 300 my first time shooting those arrows. Like, those were smoking, smoking awesome arrows. Uh, I have. Yeah, I think it's because I, I took, I think it's because I built that arrow like an outdoor arrow. Yeah, yeah. And it has the line catching ability of a 23, but really flies like uh, an outdoor arrow. Yeah, you got some really good videos of it in flight. Yeah. And like yeah. slow motion flight at that at the wilderness shoot. Yeah, yeah. If uh, I mean that's buried on in my Facebook. I don't think anyone will be able to find it, but 
Yeah, that that's a good flying arrow. Um, even though it's overly stiff, your bow shoots them very straight. Is it just because you tune it like you would tune or tune your bow like you would be tune a twenty-seven? You just tune for a bullet think, hole and then run it. I think if I make a good shot, they fly really good. But like when I'm when I like back to like what are you still there, bud? Hold on, say that again, Rudy. I think we're breaking up here. Uh, no, I said. Uh, I said if I do what I'm supposed to do and like actually execute a good shot, they fly really good. Right. Um, but like back to like like if you go all the way back to the very beginning of of the of the what we were talking about earlier, um, like if if I'm actually making a good shot with proper alignment, like that arrow flies like really good. But if I'm like trying to like choke up the release and trying to cheat it at all or you know do any everything you're not supposed to do like that arrow like just comes comes out right comes out different yeah it just comes out of it it comes out of the bow bad right you know because the way i'm i'm playing around right now with the hamster drop away with that shooting that arrow right now Uh uh-huh because it's coming out it's coming out pretty fast and i think like sometimes like with those carbon arrows like those drop aways work really good because like the arrow's coming out really fast. You kind of need to get everything out of the way really fast, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like with a, a little bit slower arrow, like you can shoot a blade, like, cause then if you get a little bit of in contact there, it's not, it's not, it's not enough to like mess it up. But if the arrow's coming out of there a lot faster, like I think a small amount of contact can cause probably greater, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, because it's coming Heart out so much light. faster, a little bit of contact could actually throw it off course a little further than because there's yeah. so much energy behind it. Um, so you had mentioned that your twenty seven twelves. Do you have a like? How do you intend to build those? Do you have a formula or a way that you're going to go about finding what works for those? I have no idea. You just gonna well, I, you just gonna plug points into them? You start full length or what? I actually was going to, I was going to ask you what you were going to do because like, I, uh, I was like, I've never been really good at building. I've never built like a 2712 that I was happy with. Okay. Well, I was going uh, well, to be like, fuck it. I'm going to ask Wendell. I've been but getting, I'd say I, I texted you a couple of times and sent you some like pure comedy gold and didn't hear anything back. Pure comedy gold. What did you send me? Oh, you know, some, some funny jokes. Oh, well, it's hard to tell when you're joking sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> I've been fucking around with both aluminum 2312s and then my Superdrive 27s. And I got them both uh-huh. shooting really good. But the way that I went about tuning them was backwards, like absolutely backwards. And I was thinking about it today, and I have a theory as to what it might be. But with Superdrive 27s... Your phone cut out a little bit there. Oh, sorry, Rudy. Is this... Are you, are you recording on the Anchor app, or are you recording to your device? Right, to my device. Okay. Yeah, so I'm good. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll hear me. But anyway, the two arrows, I have a Carbon 27, Superdrive 27, right? And then I have, uh, I have my uh, Aluminum 2312s. Oh, I got to get comfortable here, because I'm going gonna, gonna to really, like, lay some knowledge on you. So, the 2312s... I tested all like I've tested any change I test to my arrows. I will te- I will change one arrow 
and then shoot groups with that one arrow. And if it's not good, I won't I won't go forward with the change, right? So for this uh, SuperDrive 27s, I tested a bunch of different veins. Pick the best vein. Put those veins on my SuperDrive, or I'm sorry, my 2312s. I also tested Blazers. I've tested uh, Flex Fletch, AAEs, uh, three vein configurations, blah, blah, blah. With the 2312s, if I take the point weight down from 180, right, and I drop it down to 100, that arrow flies like crap. But if I take the point weight down on a Super Drive 27, it's almost not noticeable. Does that make sense to you at all? Not really. No, me neither. Unless you consider that aluminum and carbon have a different rebound. I, I am going to I am going to have a guest on my podcast here really soon that will make that will probably jump into that conversation. Who? And and uh, I'm not going to say you can't hijack my podcast here and then not say who you're going to have on. I'm just saying that I'm going to have a guest on soon that will explain everything. All right. Well, so they they know what I'm talking about then. I I think so. Okay. Well, my theory is that aluminum and carbon rebound at different rates. Like you can spine, you can press down on a 500 spine aluminum arrow and then a 500 spine carbon arrow, and I think they will rebound back. A, at a different rate. You mean the speed at which they return? Yes, to zero, right? So Their not, oscillation. Not how so, so it's your. So you just so I, I, you know, explain to me like I'm a five year old. Okay, so basically, <laughs> they're flexing the same. I can't, but, but I, at a different rate. I can't explain it in layman's terms because I don't get laid that much. But it's the the you're frequency. You're saying the, the the carbon is faster. It maybe, faster May, than, maybe than the aluminum. in my mind, the aluminum's I, a little slower, even though they're exactly even though they're they're flexing the same amount. One 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 come one returns the nodes to straight faster yes. than the other. Yes, and I can't. But see, if that's the case, mm-hmm. then the point weight, heavier point weight, you would think would slow down that. Uh, it would slow the return to normal, right? It, it could have an effect on it, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. That's my theory right now. That's what because people are you know we talked about arrows and we we're talking about spine. Can you spine the indoor arrow? And I don't think you can. I don't think at this distance it's even worth trying to get proper spine on an indoor arrow. I think the rules that apply for twenty yards only and these bigger arrows is something else. It's not spine. It's not front of center. It's like some kind of rebound rate thing. So, I don't know. These two arrows, they both, as George Riles would say, they they shoot nickels, right? But the difference is my SuperDrive 27s can, like, heat see. They can home in on Xs, but I get punished. If If I make a mistake, I get punished. Whereas the 23s are almost, like, allergic to Xs, but they will never score anything less than a 10. Interesting. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's what I'm working with right now. So, going back to what you were asking about the 2712, my intent, like what I intend to do is plug a 180 grain point into the front of a uh, full length 2712. I'm just going to clean the ends up, right? I'll square up the ends. Mm-hmm. Which I'd imagine they're probably pretty square Wait, how, already. How much, weight, how much weight again? 180 grains. 
180. Okay. Yeah, and then I'm going to run four flights. I'm going to make these ones that's like all pink, you know? And then uh, and just run it from there. That's awesome. Maybe I'll... Uh, I was actually thinking about ordering 250 grain points and cutting them, you know, like 30 inches. Uh, are you just buying a half dozen? Are you are you getting just a half dozen of these Easton arrows? Um, I have a dozen sitting around. I tell you what, save your money. And then and then and then I have half a dozen for you. Sweet, dude. Well, bring you on Sunday. So check this out. This is what one thing that I I like stress to everyone on the that listens to this show is when it's available, use an adjustable point, right? So then you don't have to buy a bunch of different points because like a. Oh, like the, that Easton has that adjustable point. Easton has an adjustable point for the 2712. A company called PDP makes speed points, which are the same thing. It's basically like a gold tip point for all different sizes, right? Mm-hmm. I have those for 2712s. I'll let you use I'll, I'll I'll let you use a half dozen so that we can fine tune the weight. But okay. uh, it starts at 180 and we can we can work off of 180. So and you want me to shoot a 32 inch arrow? A 34-inch arrow, actually. I believe. A, right. I believe. I'll, an, I'll try it. I believe an untrimmed 2712 is 34 inches. Right. Maybe yeah. Yeah, probably. I know I some people. Time. Some people shoot them at 32 inches too. You know, I believe Chris Perkins shoots them at 32 inches. Yeah, but how many of those guys already are like a 29 to 30 inch draw length? Uh, probably a lot of them. You know, not many of them are <laughs> extras from uh, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, you know. But, yeah. but we do what we can. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, because like shooting twenty-seven. But see, remember, this game. What we're doing is not like field arrow stuff. I believe what we're trying to find is this return to zero oscillation thing, right? So you start with 34. Where it's going to be a big deal for us might be in point weight and then arrow length. You know what I mean? But I think as far as speed goes, it's not really not going to matter. We're going to have you can have veins to correct for whatever at this speed. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like there needs to. I mean, like you, like you my, sound my, very skeptical. My, <laughs> well, no, I just it's a little bit of blended Scotch whiskey there. But um, <laughs> um, what I I feel is that the length of that arrow is like, if you've got a ton of arrows sticking out in front of you, uh-huh. right? That's like a ton of arrow that's not being like steered at all by the rest. Right. You know? Right. And I think like there's like, and I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling there's like a ratio of like cutting that arrow length in, in the indoor game. That's not directly related to spine. Right. If you get the length right with the heavy point, like how it reacts is going to, you know, it's going to drive that arrow straight. Good. That is correct. And, you know, I'm not as a scientist like, uh, and, and I think if the arrow's sticking like, like, like way out there, like, you know, I mean, cause you're, we're talking about like almost what, six inches past the riser of arrow. Uh, for you, maybe it's going to be like 10 inches of arrow for me. Yeah. Like, I think that, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Let's test it. Let's see. Now let's, let's test see it. What, it does. I, what, yeah. I, what I would really like to do is take a day where we shoot arrows, like untrimmed arrows. We cycle through some point weights, right? We find something nice and then start to cut, like cut these arrows, like, you know, a half inch and then see 
see what it looks like downrange. You know, we can cut a single arrow and then test its groups. You know, against the existing arrow. Yeah, I'm down. I mean, the shit will take all day long, but I mean, any day. We'll have definitive. We'll have an answer for how to tune a twenty-seven. Yeah, you know, or at least for for short people, for guys like us. Yeah, I, I, there's got to be something that I have a feeling that a lot of the guys that every advice, all the advice I've ever been given on on arrow build from an awesome shooter has been from someone that's got a longer draw length shooting. Right. You know that arrow, and it's like, I'm like, because I tried it. Right. And it's like it just never worked, or maybe I just suck at indoor. No, no, you're you're decent. Um, you had uh your twenty three fourteen like recipe was one of the best shooting arrows I've ever shot, and I even mentioned see, it in one of my recent podcasts about. Uh, see, see, like, see, like historically, though, I've always shot the twenty three diameter arrows better, and I feel like. It's because I can get those closer to my spine. Like I can break down the spine on that. that I don't believe that's what it is, Rudy. I, I know that's what you think it is, but a twenty three fourteen is going to spine overly stiff for all of us. Well, no, I didn't. I'm not. I never shot. I'm not shooting a twenty three fifteen. Like I have twelves and fourteens. I know, but your bo- your badass arrow is a twenty three fourteen. Yeah, that and- was when I was shooting spiral cams. Yeah, but I mean, I shot and those twenty. Heavier I shot those twenty three fourteens with a seventy V mod on a Matthews, at fifty one pounds. Like those yeah. those arrows just fly flew really good, and you had come up with a really good recipe for them. Yeah, I was it one eighty. Yeah, one eighty grain point yeah. on a twenty eight inch twenty three fourteen, with the FFP three sixty. Yeah. Thing I thing I hate about indoor is like there's still so much that I'm still trying to learn and figure out on my own. I know, know? like I haven't mastered, so like you but know, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like the, advi- the advice that I've given for indoor selection has been like closer to what you know, dude. It's I'm, gonna be I'm right there. To what I'm right indi- there. Indus- industry standards. I'm right there with you, you dude. Know? I've been I've been pushing the Joel Turner shot thing on a bunch of people, and I'm like, fucking shoot it this way. And uh, I probably shouldn't have, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's how you become a good cult leader: is you make a couple mistakes, and you know, people forget. I just haven't. We just haven't hung around each other recently long enough for me to like nag you into out of doing something. Yeah, yeah. I try to convince me otherwise, but I do believe uh, a long uh, twenty-seven twelve is going to be the way to go. And right now, yeah. I'm four fletching everything. So. I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah. Well, cool, buddy. This has been a good talk. Thanks for uh, letting me rant at you a whole bunch. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, dude. I think uh, I think there's some little bit of gold nuggets in there. Oh yeah, there's always gold nuggets on my podcast, man. So everybody, uh, you know, give Rudy a big thank you. Uh, if there's gold nuggets on archery unfiltered, broadcast archery is work not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm sorry <laughs> i'm not laughing at your terrible. joke i'm terrible. laughing that you tried to get away you tried to slip that oh you didn't try you did <laughs> well uh oh thanks rudy uh i really appreciate it man 
I, you know, I just want to tell you, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Sonoma County whiskey. Um, definitely worth, uh, worth the 80 bucks. This is the weakest, that's the weakest shit. (laughs) Keep in mind, people, Rudy's the type of dude that's going to sell you some shit that you jam into your string. (laughs) So I'm not. Uh, you know what? Like, if somebody wants one, I'll, I'll sell some, but I'm not going to push it on anybody. Rudy's like, no, I'm not that kind of guy, but we do have them for sale right now at a good price. Oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to jam anything in my string. You made a good except, point, though. For some Remember what you told me? You said the string, the peep alignment thing is pretty decent idea for hunters. You remember saying that? Yeah, I mean, I, you got to figure like most like if you don't have access to a bow press, a whole bunch. And I'm, I'm going to say that like probably ninety percent of all target shooters have like their own bow press. Yeah, and are like pretty decent at working on their own equipment. So like the idea of like a peep turner is probably like like why and you're gonna you're gonna like probably be overly critical of the product. Right. But like like if you're but if you're like just an average bow hunter and you don't have a bow press. And, you know, you know, you have just a slight amount of twist in your peep, you know, and, and you live like three hours away from, and I'm not, I'm not joking here. Like we have people that drive three and a half hours to have us work on their boat because they just don't have confidence in their local dealers. Right. And like, and, and, you know, for whatever reason, they just, you know, they, they like what we do, but, you know, strings do stretch a little bit. And there is a little bit of a breaking period. So like having a string turner for someone who doesn't have a bow press or, you know, doesn't, isn't confident enough to, you know, tinker with their own stuff, they can just move that up a little bit and, and get it to straighten out. Right. And it wouldn't ruin, and it, and it won't ruin their day, you know? Right, right. And I, I have to agree with you there. But uh, for a target bow, dude, Darren Crevea taught me a way to tie in a peep that is the first thing that is really made like this peep site behave like uh oh, yeah i've seen that yeah darren ties his peep in like a seat belt like just around the housing and then he serves up one leg and then he serves down the other leg mm-hmm. and it comes out looking like a like a z or like a slanted n yeah i think it works really good because it doesn't put any pressure on the v oh like on the, little, the little v's you know because like yeah because you could like wrap a peep one way like start moving up and you start putting pressure on that v it'll it, it can actually start to turn the peep one direction yeah that's true and then and then if you wrap it the opposite way it can turn it in the direction you want it which right. is not probably a good thing right but some factory strings come with like really gigantic you know uh, gaps uh-huh. you know whereas like some of the, like the abb strings and like the gas strings come like i like that they have they tend to have like a lot more twists in the string uh-huh. than some of the factory ones. So like that that V is a lot closer together. So like when you're when you tie in a peep, like you're less likely to like put to, any to alter to twist it up with the serving. Yeah, to put any pressure on that V that causes it to go one direction. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Hey, you're shooting 452 unnatural now or uh, undyed, right? I haven't had a chance to put those on, but oh. I'm sitting on my desk. Rudy. No, I've been busy. I've been trying to just shoot my bow and get Dude, the Coyote Ugly is only fucking two weeks away, man. I know. I'm going to just run the purple. Sh- you're gonna, you're, say that again? You're going to run what? 
I'm gonna run those like uh, black cherry strings that I have on the bow re- right now. I'm oh, just gonna keep shooting this, dude. Uh, another question. So afterwards, before I'll change them to the white unnatural black ones. Before I let you go, um, are you still shooting at eight power lens? Uh, no, I put a six power. Dude, okay, so I shot your bow like a week ago while you had the day off, and mm-hmm. I was just hanging around the shop, and that was a really really slick setup i have never shot a six power lens but that was really comfortable to shoot yeah i feel like because i haven't been shooting a ton i haven't shot my target bow a lot because i you know just i've been trying to do some hunting and stuff so Uh uh-huh um i feel like i haven't i haven't been shooting the volume of arrows that i need to hold steady with an eight power lens dude it held really good with a six yeah. power, I've I've never shot a six power before, but that was definitely like, hmm, maybe there's something to it. For people out yeah. there that have been asking me, I shoot an eight power lens, and it's uh, you know, with my tiny arms, it probably comes out to like a. Five. Are you are you still are you are you shooting the ultra view scope right now? No, no. Okay, so here's the thing: I put the ultra view scope in, right? Uh, mm-hmm. it's an eight power, just like normal, and it's drilled. And what I really liked about the ultra view on other people's bows is, Rudy. Yeah, I'm here, man. Hey, sorry, dude. Uh, like I said, it's amateur hour at, on my podcast. Um, but dude, the, do you need me? Do you need me to buy you an SD card? I can buy you anything. I have like three SD cards laying around. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but that ultra view scope, dude. I'm running the fiber through the lens hole, and I can, with a clarifier, I literally cannot see the fiber. Oh really? Yeah, even with the light on, I can't see the fiber. So I just what size? Up, the the fiber? The nineteen thousands or dot? Yeah, I think it's nineteen thousands. Nineteen? Oh wow. Yeah, so I'm just running with with a dot, but uh you know, at the moment Yeah, I, I went back to the dot. I like I messed around with all the different stuff and I just at the end of the day I'm like I, I like the black dot for yeah. especially for indoor. Yeah. For outdoor for outdoor, I'm I'm going definitely the fiber for the orange dot was the money. Really? Yeah, I really liked it. Oh, I might have to give that a whack. Me like it. <laughs> all right, dude. Hey, I'm gonna let you go because I gotta figure out, uh, you know, what's going on with all my SD cards and stuff. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm gonna start a GoFundMe just to buy you some decent fucking shit. Nah, 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 dude. I, I like running it lean like this. All right. So everyone uh, wants to check out your podcast, Rudy. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can they find that? It's a Rude Cast Archery. And yeah. It's on Spotify. every major platform where you can download a podcast. And if people want to find you to work on your work on their bows, you can uh, message me on uh, Rudy the Archer on Instagram, or uh, you can send me a message on Rude Cast Archery on Facebook. Yep. Or, thank yeah. Thank you. He's one hell of a guy, people. Yeah, man. Well, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, like new new uh, Matthews bows are coming out here. Are they really? Probably in a couple of weeks, we're gonna there's gonna be new new, new, new bows, new target bows. Uh, no target bows, just uh, hunting bows. And, uh, Hoyt Hoyt launches in this like early December. They're gonna launch target bows, right? Uh, I have no clue what Hoyt's doing. But I, d- I doubt it. I doubt it. I seriously doubt any tar- I doubt there. I doubt any manufacturer. Like this is just a gut feeling of mine that I doubt any manufacturer does anything target related 
um, especially with the, the supply chain issues. All right. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll so, see. We'll see when it comes out. Yeah. Well, cool, buddy. So save them ducats because new bows are coming out. <laughs> All right, man. All right, dude. All right, later. Hey, have a good night, buddy. All right. All right, bye. Peace.